bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer there, my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up, nah, if you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. So I got some issues today, as I always do, but it's Wednesday, it's hump day, so I just got to get with it. I got to remember I'm on LinkedIn, so if I say something or do something after I turn the microphone off and get myself in trouble, I'm going to have to delete it again. I had to do that a couple times this week because I was done, and then I went blah, 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 and I went... I can't say that on LinkedIn, delete. So, but we're here. So I got a question, but I'll get to it. So you heard in the news, the new juvenile facility is being built 7930 West Clinton Avenue here in Milwaukee. And according to Mayor Johnson, giving up on young people is simply not an option. He adds that this new juvenile facility helps showcase that. This is a quote. He said, I want these young people under the state supervision to build positive and healthy lives, Johnson said. This is a quote, and I don't remember where to attribute it to because I actually didn't get it. But anyway, I want them to have access to local services that could be life changing. That's not readily available for young people sent off to the far northern regions of Wisconsin. That can only happen at a facility here in our community. That can happen at a facility a few blocks away from where we stand right now. Well, I got a couple questions for Mr. Mayor. I got a couple questions for Mr. Uh, Mr. Uh, Mayor. Number one. 
Where are the city's efforts to have juveniles not go to the new juvenile facility? It's like you're looking forward to kids going to a juvenile facility that you're building in a city. I, I don't I don't I don't really understand that. Where are the city's efforts for juveniles, black, white, Hispanic, Asian, male or female, to not go to the new juvenile facility? Number two, is this a tacit belief and acknowledgement that black kids are the only ones that commit crimes? Where a facility is necessary? Like, am, am, I, am I missing something? Like, this could have been on the south side. White and Hispanic kids commit crimes, too. Asian kids commit crimes, too. Don't all kids commit crimes? Anyway. So my question, number two. Is this a tacit belief and acknowledgement that black kids are the only ones that commit crimes? So you built it on the north side. That's weird to me. Aren't we doing anything to stop people from committing crimes? Aren't we doing anything to stop kids from doing things wrong? And what local services can the city provide for a state facility that the state can't provide? And why haven't you provided them up till now? Where are the resources for the kids that are committing the crimes or that might commit a crime that you can put in place to stop them from ever committing a crime in the first place and not go to a juvenile facility? You, you are actually supporting building a juvenile facility because you expect kids to go to jail. Now, I'm sorry. I'm not. I would never disrespect the mayor and call him stupid. But that belief is stupid. You cannot build something in a neighborhood on the side of a city that's predominantly black and then have, have the audacity to say you built it so that they can live positive and healthy life. How can you live a positive and healthy life in jail? How can you live a positive and healthy life in a juvenile facility? Is it different being here versus in some northern regions? It was in Wales, out west. Are you kidding me? Well, we think it's more important so that they can come to what? Show up? Just mom and dad and friends can come visit. They'll feel better. What? The whole point of being in a facility is because you lose connection and touch with the community that you damaged. And that you need to maybe be made aware of your issues. And I don't understand that. I don't get that. So I'm torn. So let me refresh. Number one, Mr. Mayor, based on what you said, where are the city's efforts to have juveniles not go to the new juvenile facility? Number two, is this a tacit belief and acknowledgement that black kids are the only ones that commit crimes where a facility is necessary? And number three, what local services can the city provide that they haven't been providing before for a state facility that the state can't provide? That being said, Mr. Mayor, 
What's option number two? And that is Dr. Ken's Truth on the new 101.7 The Truth. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 101.7 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. Dang, that was quick. He's like, dang, man, you ain't like, like roll a bit. Roll a bit. Roll a bit. I was like, you're listening to this. I was like talking like this, and he just went. I was like, dude, what? Okay, we were just kidding. 833-212-1017. Let me leave Ben Jam alone before he cut all my microphones off. Anyway, um, Dr. Ken, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't that a new campus is for the purpose of having to close Lincoln Hills or is it the Cooper Lake? It's, it's Lincoln Hills and Wales and all that. So, But here's, here's my issue. Why should that matter? I mean, are you making a, a comment that Black kids are committing all the crime, so it needs to be on the north side. Like, is that actually something that we should embrace? Like, black family members will be able to visit you in jail. Like, is that something we should look forward to? Like, praise that it's positive and healthy? What? I'm missing something. And I get it. I'm not talking about the kids that make mistakes, right? I get that it 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 just it's just weird to me. It's just weird to me. Mr. Madee. Let me read this first. Stop it. Most violence is on the north side. We don't care about other races thinking about us, period. I do care. I care when you think negatively. I care when you think things that are incorrect. And that's what I'm going to be talking about during Black History Month. I'm going to be on. um, 620 every Wednesday morning during Black History Month to talk about a different topic about black history, something I want white people to know. And I know it sounds strange. But something I want white people to know about black people. That they may not know. That's all. 833-212-1017 is the number. Where to go? Uh, Miss Yolanda said, do, 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 do. now you talking now. Instead of building a state of the art, uh, using that same energy and building programs in that same surrounding area, but prevention plans in place. He totally lost all my respect. I'm 20 minutes from there, and it's sad already suppressing a community that's already suppressed. Now, not only do we have to deal with the empty lands, landfills, and abandoned buildings, 
boarded up businesses. Now we have to see barbed wire. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of. Kind of is what it is. Uh, Sonny B said they building the youth jail over there because they can't bully no other neighborhood into accepting them building it wherever they want. That's true. So I'm I'm just saying I get it, but at some point we just need to recognize that we got punked. The north side of Milwaukee got punked. I'm just saying. And somebody just wrote a very, very long thing, and I don't know if it's to me. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's for me. So I think that might be for the Tory Lowe show. <laughs> Talking text line. You get your fence done, Mr. Ken? No, I didn't get my fence done. And I didn't get my fence done because it got too cold, and then we were working, and then the people. So, yeah. Abandoned houses or jails? Simple math. What kind of math is that? Like, what, what, what kind of math is that? I don't get that. 833-212-1017 is the number. Is this jail really something that we need? Is it really? I don't get it. And that's not funny, Mr. Madi. It's not funny at all. It's not funny at all. Should we? Should we build this jail? Yeah, it's too late. It's already built. It's too late. It's already built. I have a question. And this kind of goes to this kind of goes to the waiver test. So on another topic, the other the other thing that disturbed me on on uh hump day, the Wisconsin Department of motor vehicles. Well, let, let me do this. Let me, let me read the story. This came from uh, TMJ4.com. Ever since the start of the pandemic, driver's education students in Wisconsin have been able to get a license without taking a test. Their parents actually can vouch for them, right? Their parents can say, hey, they they got stuff and they doing all right. But the problem is the waiver is still in effect since 2020. And now they say 108,000 people waivers have been approved and now we're dealing with the fact that 87% of driver's education students have received their license since May 2020. By a waiver. And for me, that's bizarre. Like, I, I don't understand that.
So we have 108,000 youth all around the state of Wisconsin driving because their mama said they can drive. We don't know if they can drive. We don't know. And so, I don't know if I'm ever driving again. Well, the other day I said I was staying home. So I guess I'm going to just have to do my show from home. Because if it's 108,000 people driving around because their mom and their daddy said they could drive and approved it and waived the test, nah, we done. 833-212-1017 is the number. Sandra, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. Hi, Dr. Ken. Hi, Sandra. How are you? I'm just fine. How are you today? Uh, I'm good. What's on your mind? Okay, I called early. Huh? I said good. You called early. What's going on? Okay. I was listening. I was listening yesterday, the day before, and uh, I was going to call in yesterday, which I did, but uh, they didn't pick up. I think it was during, uh, you probably was uh, during your, uh, the little party thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was just going to say, now you were speaking of the prison, and you know, like I said, I have such a bad feeling. Well, it's not a prison. It's a juvenile facility. A juvenile center. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know. I know. And like I said, the way when they put up stuff, and especially if an ad is located in our city where it's predominantly black, we always feel that the worst is yet to come. But I was just thinking, I said they should bring them here closer to where their parents are, wherever. If they committed the crime, if the parents are here, why not bring them closer here? Why are we making it easy for kids who committed crimes? Well, maybe because of the manipulation of the government system. That ain't no manipulation because of the government if you commit a crime. Come on, now, Sandra. You know, you know, a lot of them belong oh, in prison. Sandra. That's we know that, but we're not talking about them. We're talking about the we youth. Our young kids but we're not it. talking about that. Yes, we're, yes. Now you're sidestepping and you're blaming you're something else. About. Come on, Sandra. We, we always talk about the crime and these kids. We have to get next to them and work harder with them. Absolutely. And a lot of people, maybe they Maybe they say it's not my kid. You know, some people say it ain't my kid. I don't care. And that's not, they shouldn't even feel that way because Correct. the kids are the one, if they, they go amok, they would commit the crime. You're trying to get away. But what about holding the parent accountable and responsible for their children? Well, that's what I'm seeing. But a lot of the parents probably ain't in the picture. Like somebody brought up a good point. Some of these kids are fostered by foster parents. But not yeah. all of them. But not so, all of them. Not all of I mean, them, we can keep coming up with these then, reasons to mitigate it, Sandra, but in the end, no, no, no. you got to act right. Okay, listen to this one, Dr. Kidd. Yes, ma'am. Okay, now you got a lot of grown people, grown-ups, gray-haired grown-ups, mm-hmm. pushing drugs to these kids. I see them. Right. You know, I told you where I live. Right. And I see them. And so if we can't get the kids off the street, well, I'm just saying, I think maybe some of the parents are working two jobs. I don't know what the circumstance is, but I'm, I have a son in prison, and my son was not left alone. I okay. carried him to school, everything. Right. But when he committed his crime, he was grown, grown. He was 35 years old. Okay. And so I took him to school. I was up on him like, um, what you say, like, my mom always stayed on us. Right. So I stayed on him heavy. I but you did your school. job. You did what you did. You got him to a grown age. I you got him beyond 21. And now he's being held accountable and responsible for for an unfortunate mistake that he made. No, an, an unfortunate right. act that he committed. 
But I still have a heart for the children because sure. those are the ones we got to get to. Sure. We got to get to But that's them. my I complaint. I don't care. We got to. But that's what I'm complaining at. about. Why aren't we putting resources mm-hmm. into actually helping kids not go to the facility you're building? That don't make no sense to me. I, I agree 100%. I agree 100%. We need to take the money instead of lawsuits and all this stuff that's going around and put this money into the children and stop looking at a color thing about our children because right. uh, kids are innocent and they're smart. And if you teach them, and like I said, they got a lot of, uh, I was listening to this guy on uh, MS, not MSNBC, but it was CNN yesterday that, uh, his name, uh, Chang, his last name is Chang. Right. Yeah, he was speaking about how, you know, the high tech is coming in, and he, which we already know that, but he was speaking about the fact that a lot of these CEOs won't have a job either. So if we can get the kids pushed into stuff that we hope they're, you know, the jobs are, be, are going to be there um, for, for a while, that's what we got to do. I'm, I feel like you. We don't need a person. Okay. But I want them here with us if they're our kids. Mm-hmm. All right. Okay. Well, thank you much, ma'am. Okay, bye. All right, bye-bye. Do you agree, disagree? Who's, whose fault is it that our kids are committing these types of crimes? Sometimes heinous, sometimes silly, sometimes goofy, sometimes dumb. You know, the kids. 833-212-1017 is the number. I got a lot of talking texts I got to get to. But I want to remind you, the new 1017, the Truth sophomore year celebration is almost here. And as usual... We'll be celebrating our anniversary in style with you, our loyal Truth fans. Tune in to The Truth in the afternoon with me on Friday, February 10th. I'll be broadcasting live from the Ivy House from 4 to 6 p.m. Truth Anniversary Celebration is presented by American Family Insurance, Northwestern Mutual, Gruber Law Offices, and Associated Bank. Sponsored by the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee. Hey, guess what? It's invitation only, so now you have a chance to win and join us at our Truth Sophomore Year Celebration. I don't like Sophomore Year Celebration. It's like you in college or high school or something. I don't like it. Uh, <laughs> by being caller number seven at 833-212-1017. That's 833-212-1017. Caller number seven for your chance to win two tickets to see little old me and little old Sherwin and little old Tori Lowe and little old Mel and all of the Truth Gang, Cherie, Kyle, Maya, Vershay, Danielle, Ben, DJ Brother Z, Zach, and of course, the infamous Kerry Noni. Did I miss anybody? Huh? Who? Kyle who? Kyle okay, Wallachek. Kyle, Kyle Wallachek. <laughs> Kyle Wallace. And, of course, the infamous, the magnanimous, the stupendous, Benjamin. It's amazing. Call the number 7, 833-212-1017. Traffic, weather, and sports up next. You are listening to The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. This is The Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.
You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris, 833-212-1017 is the number. Chris said, I'm all for the prison. It's not a prison. It's a juvenile facility. We do not send children to prisons. We send children to institutions. Anyway, time we start getting criminals off the street, regardless of age. Too bad it's only 32 beds. Should be 500 minimum and still would not be enough. Chris ain't talking no more. 833-212-1017. I ain't talking to Chris no more. I ain't talking to Chris no more. Caller number seven for the two tickets to come see. They're coming to see me, right? Nah, they're coming to see all of us at the sophomore celebration. Diane, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. Congratulations. Oh, thank you. So you done stole some tickets. Oh, my God. I'm so happy. You should be. Turn turn, turn your radio down a bit because I can hear myself in the background. Okay. And you know I'm too old. I get confused. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, congratulations. So, so who are you bringing? I'm going to bring my boyfriend. Okay. Right. There you go. So what station just gave you two tickets to the sophomore year celebration? One-on-one, one-seven, the truth. All right. Thank you much. And congratulations, Diane. She got two tickets. All y'all got to do is listen to each show every day, and we're going to give away two tickets. That's on MK in the morning, Sherwin Hughes, Tori Lowe Show, and me. So that's every day. That two, four, six, eight tickets we're going to be giving away every day times five that's 80 tickets right there. So we, we got a limited number that we can have there. So you better listen and win because when we do, that's it. Ain't no extra. You can't show up and get in. It's a closed party. Just so you know. 833-212-1017 is the number. Before I talked to Diane, I was talking about what, what <clears throat> Chris said about the whole 32 beds and 500 minimum will still not be enough. Well, not all kids deserve to be locked up in an institution. So we can get over that. <sighs> anyway, H.J. said the juvenile facility is a way to keep the juveniles from becoming successful later on in adulthood because you can get a juvenile crime. The statistic will show you'll probably have an adult criminal as well which the income and the money is coming from most people who commit crimes because the tax dollars are paying for them to be incarcerated. That's just my thought. That's a little unclear. If you could, if you could like help me understand what you're trying to say, the juvenile facility is a way to keep juveniles from being successful later on in adulthood. Because if you got a juvenile crime, the statistics will show check out so basically if you check out juvenile crime the, the the stats will show that you will probably have an adult criminal well maybe maybe not in some instances that is not true the majority of time i'd have to go back and check the national institutes of justice to figure out um income and money that's coming from most people who commit crimes because the tax dollars are paying for them well that 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 kind of pays for them to to i don't know
Just a thought. Before we get to the phones, uh, <laughs> Dion said, y'all don't answer the phone. We actually answered the phone. We just had to go through all the calls. And so, but Judy said it's only available to 16 and 17 year olds. Once they turn 18, they can't get a waiver any longer. That's for driving. I, okay. So we, we were talking earlier about the uh, driver education and how parents are able to get waivers. But that scares me even more. I would see giving an 18-year-old a waiver between 18 and 21. At least they're older. But you're talking about a 16 or 17-year-old? I don't know. 833-212-10. Who, who am I going to? Al? You're on the new 1017 The Truth. Or is it AJ? How's it going, AJ? AJ, you're on the new 1017 The Truth. Hello, AJ. Going once. Hello, AJ. Going twice. Uh, hey, good afternoon. I'm sorry about that. What I was saying is, so with a lot of crimes that's being committed by the young juveniles, and I agree with you 100%, why don't we get the more resources in for them? But if you commit a crime, by the time you get out of school, if you even finish school, you will have an adult crime doing the same thing. Now, at the end of the day, when, as I say, I'm not from here, I'm from down south. Okay. And uh, if you, the tax people will spend a lot of money to keep them incarcerated. So, therefore, it would be hard for them to get a job, hard for them to look for work or anything that would help them, even though that they may change their life and be more prominent in the yeah. um, society. But doesn't it depend on the crime that they committed? It, it does to a certain extent. Because, again, like you said, again, to agree with you earlier, to elaborate, a lot of kids doing a lot of things that's dumb and out of stupidity. You know, you don't have to learn from your mistakes. Now, would you say juvenile detention center was the way to go? Yes and no. But at the same time, like, it goes back to what about the parents, you know? Are the parents there? You know, it, it's a lot of it's a lot of things that takes part into this. Right. So. And so what would you think about from now on passing a law that says before you can I, I don't I don't I don't know how we would do it. Um would we would we make people go through parenting classes or just put them in schools? I, I think we should put it in high school. You should get a high school sophomore year. You should get a parenting class on if you become a parent, these I, are the things that it takes. I, I agree with that. Just like um, back in the days when I was in school, you had economics, home cooking, and a lot of things, which right. now that they don't teach in school. So that would be a, a great way. Um, again, I come from a different breed. So the way that I raise my kids and I'm on them and I talk to them, every day about what to expect, what not to expect. So therefore, I think parenting classes in high school should be a requirement as well as um, like the Big Brother program growing up. Right, you know, Big Brothers, Big Sisters. They taught me how to dress and how to go for a job interview, mm -hmm. washing clothes, yep. things like that. Yep. You know, we need something to implement because if you're looking at it from a statistics standpoint, not just the north side or south side, wherever, this is going around all around the world. So they need some kind of guidance to help them 
But if you come in from a single parent home with a lot of kids are, and the mom or dad, whatever the case may be, is working two times of the income, they're not getting it from home because the parents are gone. You get what I'm saying? Trying to make a, a way and a living for them. So now it goes back to the kids playing the video games, or I'm not trying to say the video games is the cause, not at all, but the rap music and the influence of the people that's out here in the streets, the adults that's out here in the streets. You know, what about the drug dealers out here like, hey, look here, man, you shouldn't be doing that. You know, helping old ladies. I mean, (laughs) that's back in the days, but, you know, sometimes it's good to get back into the original all right. Well, thank you much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks. Thanks again. All right. 833-212-1017 is the number you're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. This is the Truth in the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth, the Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com. Police say Tyree Nichols fled after being pulled over for reckless driving. His family says he was then beaten so badly he was unrecognizable and later died in the hospital. Tonight, what we're learning about body camera video and the Department of Justice now investigating. We want to warn you, some of these images may be disturbing. Here's ABC's Ellen Lopez. Tonight, five officers fired after a deadly traffic stop in Memphis. 29-year-old Tyree Nichols dying three days after a confrontation with police. It started around 8.30 p.m. January 7th. Police say Nichols was pulled over for reckless driving but fled. Then they say there was a second confrontation. According to Memphis police, Nichols complained of having a shortness of breath, at which time an ambulance was called to the scene. Nichols was critically injured, but authorities not detailing what occurred. His family says he was beaten so badly they couldn't recognize him. They took photographs of him in the hospital that showed him with uh, huge contusions and abrasions on his uh, face and head uh, that they believe was part of the reason why Tyree is dead today. The Memphis Police Department's investigation concluded the officers involved violated multiple department policies, including excessive use of force, duty to intervene, and duty to render aid. Them being fired means that they did something horribly wrong on that video. His friends and family say Tyree weighed less than 150 pounds. And so why would five officers have to engage in excessive force against him? They cannot understand. His family heartbroken. No one should die from a traffic stop. Make him out to be anything other than a law-abiding citizen. A respectful young kid who's never been in trouble would be alive. The department stating it's, quote, committed to protecting and defending the rights of every citizen in our city. The egregious nature of this incident is not a reflection of the good work that our officers perform with integrity every day. Ellen Lopez joining us now. And Ellen, we still haven't seen that body camera video from the incident. What are you learning about when it could be released? 
Yeah, when officials said they would release those videos to the public after the family takes a look at them next week and Wit, the FBI and the Justice Department have opened a civil rights investigation. Wit. Ellen, thank you. And here we have it. Tyree Nichols, 29, beaten by Memphis police officers for three minutes on January 7th. Now, he was stopped for reckless driving. The stop escalated into a violent confrontation. I don't know what that means. Did he fight the police? Ended with Mr. Nichols being hospitalized in critical condition and died three days later. Circumstances of traffic stops still remain murky. Uh, they should have a uh, dash cam on it. So um, Mr. Nichols' death has stoked anger and frustration in Memphis as his family and their lawyers and activists seek answers. Memphis is now waiting for the release of video footage of the stop, which city officials said they would make public. Family lawyers watched the video on Monday, and in it they could see that Mr. Nichols, who is black, had been pepper sprayed, Stun gunned, restrained, and the police, after an initial statement, said that a confrontation occurred as the officers, all of who were black, approached this vehicle on the evening of January 7th and he ran away. And then there was another confrontation as officers arrested him. Mr. Romanucci, his lawyer, said that he was a human pinata for these officers. Not only was it violent, It was savage, and an independent autopsy found that Mr. Nichols suffered extensive bleeding caused by a severe beating. And so state and federal investigations are underway as prosecutors determine it. In the meantime, five officers, Tadarius Bean, Demetrius Haley, Emmett Martin III, Desmond Mills Jr., and Justin Smith have all been fired. Officers all joined the department between 2017 and 2020. So each of them has somewhere between three and six years on the job. What does that say about the integrity of other officers? It's now the time to add to the issues we have when we have issues with juveniles and building Juvenile jails. Well, I mean, based on these offices, we need to be building cop jails. I'm just saying. But at some point. Those that are in charge of the Memphis Police Department saw something on that video that caused them to fire those officers and who may subsequently be charged with a crime. They have a right to due process like everybody else. But that ABC News report showed it. And they have pictures of the five black police officers from Memphis that beat that man. Talking text line, Chris said, by no means agree with what these officers allegedly did. However, are you a law-abiding citizen when you are fleeing from the police? Understand what I'm saying. Law-abiding, commit a crime, don't commit a crime. And 
civil rights are actually mutually exclusive. One doesn't touch the other. I am still. What's the word I'm looking for? I should still have the same rights, whether I'm a criminal or not. The detention piece, the locking you up is in relation to the crime you committed. You still should be fed. You still should have clothing. You still should be safe. You should still follow Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You should still take care of people, clothe them, all that. That right doesn't negate the fact that you committed a crime. There are some rights that you don't have when you commit a crime. But running from the police and reckless driving versus dead, there's an issue. The video must have shown that what he did and the outcome don't match. Yes, you can go over and yes, you can lose your mind, but that's what officer override is for. I wonder what policies are in place in the Memphis Police Department that if one person does something, the other officer has to stop them. Nobody stopped them. Where's their supervision? Where are the bosses that were supposed to be there? And I know it happened fast and it happened quick like everything else in the world. But at some point, in the end, there's only five people that are responsible for what happened. And those five were fired. And I'm pretty sure they'll get charged with manslaughter. But I don't have all the reports. I don't have what the DA has. Once they release the criminal complaint, I will find it. I will get a copy of it. I will read it. I will look at it. It's important that we remember the only rights those officers have is due process. They gave up their rights when they became a law enforcement officer that they can get fired at will. And they got fired. Rules and procedures. They got fired. Now we have to deal with the death of another human being. And that is what we'll be looking at. Memphis is now turning into another Minnesota. And if we're not careful, who knows what will happen.